0: Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. No worries, I prefer to think of it Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but I, I recently read some a, a news article uh, said that there was bipartisan support in Congress for the use of medical marijuana to treat arthritis, hmm. and the headline said "Joint support for joints supporting joint support." <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, thanks. I mean, All right, appreciate it. It reminds me of a line from Ulysses by James <laughs> Joyce. <laughs> James <laughs> uh, Joyce another another huge fan of dad jokes. Uh-huh. There's so many dad jokes in Ulysses, but one of them is the sentence love loves to love love, which I just I've always thought is great. Oh god, boy, it's very true. It's so true. Yeah, it's really true. Uh, and and I I choose to feel good about love. Yeah. But you don't want to. You don't want to love love I don't too wanna, much. Yeah, I don't want to love love. That just it's it, you know. I know about positive feedback loops. I know where they lead. Yeah, there's only one good positive feedback loop, and that's birth. That truly spoken like a man. <laughs> I know that. I well, want When I ask Sarah to describe <laughs> the birth process, she doesn't begin by saying, "Well, first off, it's a positive feedback loop." Mm-hmm. Hank, what you may hear my kids in the background, mm-hmm. and that's because I'm recording at home, and if you do hear them in the background and it's annoying, I just want you to remember that it is not the biggest annoyance of your week, <laughs> because <laughs> things, everything is different and worse. And John, I just wanted you to know that if you hear any background noise in, in my audio, that's just the constant humming of uh, my fear and anxiety. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I can't hear that hum over the hum of my own. <laughs> Hank, before we get started, can I tell you another dad joke from Ulysses? It's my favorite one. Not going to be able to stop you. Well, by the way, welcome to what it's like for me every week. (laughs) There's a moment where, you know how uh, Shakespeare's wife was named Anne Hathaway? This is the best kind of dad joke because it involves a lot of backstory. (laughs) I did not know that Shakespeare's wife was named Anne Hathaway. In fact, I don't know that I believe you. Is that real? Yes. Anne Hathaway is the name of Shakespeare's wife. And also when Shakespeare died in his will, he left Anne Hathaway his, quote, second best bed. Which is one of those right yep. things that has been de- that. debated throughout history. Like, mm-hmm. was this a sentimental choice or some kind of punishment? Anyway, in reference to Shakespeare's wife in James Joyce's Ulysses is the following sentence: "If others have their will, Anne hath a way." Oh wow. Mm. Oh, boy. And and now, if I was reading Ulysses, if you hadn't told me that, I would think he was talking about the actress. <laughs> John, do you want to do some questions from our listeners? Mostly, I just want to listen to the hum of my own anxiety, but I guess we can answer yeah. some questions. Maybe they, maybe our anxieties will—there's two things that can happen with with waves. They can either cancel each other out, and you can go totally even, or they amplify each other. Mm. So I'm sure that we'll get the first one. This is from Isabel, who asks, Dear Hank and John, what Happens to ducks when they die? Not like heaven. Just where do they go? Thanks, Isabel. You know, I heard. I heard this, and my first thought was, the the ducks who love them will miss them. Oh, like what Keanu said. Like what Keanu said. So hopefully that is the case that the ducks who love the dead ducks will miss the dead ducks. And I assume that that is the case. But John, I did a little bit of research on what happens to ducks when they die, and it's not super surprising. Do you have any guesses? Do they become corpses? Well, yes. They continue to be made of matter. So the first thing that happens is that their little duck souls leave their little duck bodies. Uh But then what's the second thing that happens? Well, oftentimes their little duck soul leaves their little duck body in the moment they are being swallowed by another animal. Mm, That's how I've always wanted to go. (laughs) In that case, the ducks go in a pretty specific place. And then they they sort of end up in a similarly specific place and that's that's mostly where the ducks end up to be honest like sometimes it's because the duck is feeling sick and then the duck goes and hides somewhere and then the duck never comes out of that hiding spot mm-hmm. until something comes and pulls it out because the duck is made of food still mm-hmm. and uh and sometimes the duck does not make it to the hiding spot and is just consumed right right then and there and in that case so like in both of these situations, you don't often come across the duck because something else with more interest in locating a dead duck or a duck that will soon be dead has already found it. I had a very weird experience today oh. involving a duck. That's... I am I am legitimately surprised. Tell me. I was walking in the woods and I saw a duck flying, which is very common. Yes. And then I saw the duck land and perch hmm. on a tree branch <gasps> oh. up high in the tree. Oh, that is weird. And I thought, that's weird. Hmm. I have to take a picture of this and then go home and Google it. But of course, when you take a picture of a duck in a distant tree, it mostly looks like a blob. <laughs> <laughs> Could be anything. I went home and I Googled duck in tree, question mark. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is how good Google is now. Google was like, you saw a wood duck. <laughs> that's that's a kind of duck that likes doing that. That's why we call them wood ducks. Oh, I thought it was because they looked like they were carved out of wood. Because they really do look like they were carved out of wood and like painted. I love a wood duck. I do too. And- Apparently, we have them right here in Indianapolis. So are you sure that you saw a wood duck or did you just like or is it just another sign of the end? No, I'm positive that I saw a wood duck because then alongside this explanation, there were pictures of the wood duck. And I was like, Uh, oh, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. (laughs) looks kind of like a a regular duck, which in the United States is a mallard, Mm -hmm. but it has a very bright white stripe on its side. At least the uh, the males do. Yeah. And this was a male. And I was like, now I have my explanation. So there you go. It's a wood duck. They perch. I'm looking at a picture of a wood duck perching right now. And his eyes are saying to me, I am just going to do duck stuff today. Yeah. All day. And maybe tomorrow I'll do duck stuff too. And that that sounds really nice to me right now. I'm just going to do duck stuff consistently until all at once an alligator eats me. (laughs) And then I'll stop doing duck stuff. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that might be a yeah. duck. That might be... The solution. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot to learn from ducks, John. Do you want to do another question? Not really. I just want to stick with this duck thing for a while longer and see how deep we can take it. Like, do ducks know the secret of the universe? And the secret of the universe is just to do duck stuff while ye may? Yeah, well, this, I I tell Oren a story about this sometimes at night. when Like, sometimes he, uh, the little boy in his stories, will meet animals who talk. Uh, but sometimes he will meet animals who just do their thing and he's like what are you doing today butterfly and then the butterfly says I'm doing butterfly things and the little boy is like well of course but like what specifically and the butterfly's like butterfly things yeah I'm just being a butterfly today and you know, I mean, Pooh taught us this. Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear knows all about this. I love Pooh Bear, and sometimes Pooh Bear is referred to as not very smart in the Pooh books. And I'm like, that is not at all the vibe I get from Pooh. The vibe I get is that like Pooh knows exactly what to do at any given moment, which is a, which is definitely a kind of genius that I aspire to constantly and have never even approached. That reminds me. I've seen on the internet the last few days that you know that wonderful picture of. Winnie the Pooh and Piglet walking in the woods together. Mm -hmm. And it says, promise me, you'll always remember. You're braver than you believe and stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. Yeah, I've been seeing it. But instead of that caption, it just says six feet. Stay the back, Piglet. (laughs) 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 Because <laughs> we need to keep six feet of distance. Six, six, six feet. Six feet. Six piglet. feet. Well, I and mean, that's also important, though I'm not entirely sure that piglets can get it, but you don't know because tigers can. Oh, right. Yeah. I forgot that tigers can get COVID-19. Oh boy, that was discouraging to learn. Yeah, I'm I, I assume the tiger will be okay. Here's the hum that my anxiety makes. It's like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mine's more like actually. Yeah, mine's like this. It's up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a little. It's like a high note, but it's slightly flat. Yeah, I think there's like there's something that's like dissonantly harmonizing with it too. So there's like more than one at the same time. There's like and then like like way down low. There's like a two. Yeah. Yeah. I've got like a 17 note right harmony happening, but it's, it's just like one of those chords that, that jazz musicians know, but no one else does. I was going to say it's more like a Stravinsky ballet up in here. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Sounds like it could be worse, honestly. (laughs) I mean, it could be, Hank. Believe me. (laughs) This next question comes from Aaron, who writes, Dear John and Hank, during this time of crisis, I feel the need to ask, Hank, do you have a will? Did you complete the task? Pumpkins and penguins. Aaron, Aaron, thank you for writing in to remind my brother that despite literal years of my nagging and... (laughs) And now, being a middle-aged person, uh-huh. he somehow thinks it is okay to skate through this world without a will, <sighs> which will do nothing but torture and complicate the lives no, of his... stop. I know, I know, I, know I, don't, I don't think it's okay. John, I've been having this problem, and this is a problem I have with many different endeavors. It's when I, when I have an idea for a thing that is so good, but I can't make it real without a, a significant amount of work. Mm-hmm. And I know that you need to do the, the the will in the normal legal way, but I also want to have a rap battle version of my will. Yeah. And I don't want to do one without the other because if I just get the normal legal one, I won't do the rap battle version, and if I don't do the rap battle version, I won't feel like I'm sort of yeah. fulfilling my destiny as a creator, you know? Yeah. And so it's really held me back, like this vision of being able to perform a rap battle of my will so that it can be you know the the video can be released by the executor at the, you know, at the meeting that they seem to always have in the movies, when the will gets read. Two questions. Yes. As a as a potential mm-hmm. beneficiary. Yep. Not just uh, of the rap battle, although I would consider myself, along with the rest of the world, a beneficiary of your last <laughs> will and testament <laughs> via rap battle. Uh-huh. But also as a, as a potential beneficiary of of some of your assets. <laughs> yeah. First. Do you know what a rap battle is, and if so, who who are you battling? <laughs> oh, it's me versus me. Oh, okay. so I play two different character versions of me, and okay. then we, we like argue over yeah. who gets what. Oh, that yeah. sounds really exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you don't you won't know until like it's long too. It's gonna like I've yeah. already I worked on it like a, like five minutes of it done. Yeah, but I want it to be like f- like 10, 15 minutes long, and yeah. so like you're sort of like on edge the whole time, right? About which one of the Hanks is gonna succeed in being the one who gives give the money away. That reminds yeah. me of when I met with my wills and estate lawyer for the first time. And I was like, mm-hmm. listen, man, I want to have a weird will. <laughs> I don't want to have one of these regular wills where you give everything to your kids and all that stuff. Yeah. I want to have a weird will. Right. I want half of my assets to go toward buying billboards that advertise my novels. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to buy yeah. billboards for at least 400 years. 400 years of billboards. To advertise my books. I like that because 400 years from now, the last billboard in the world <laughs> will be your book and all the rest of them will yeah. have stopped existing because we will have moved past billboards. I Like, yeah, I want I want a, a will where it's like, okay, so I'm going to need 500 jars. That's like the first line of the will. Yeah. Like what you say to the lawyer, I'm going to need 500 jars. And they're like, I don't, I don't like the way this is going, and you're like, "Get me! You work for me. Get me 500 jars." Yeah, I, I, I. So I feel, so I feel the same urge that you feel. It must be genetic <laughs> to have a really properly capital I interesting will, like William Shakespeare mm-hmm. did, where you leave your right. your second best bed to your wife, and everybody debates why you did that and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. But then when I met with the lawyer, he sighed <laughs> openly, uh-huh. and then said. You know, a lot of people want weird wills, but you know what you actually want? A normal will. (laughs) Because like when you have a weird will, it makes problems for the people who are grieving your loss and it doesn't (laughs) amuse them. And if you want to have like an amusing part that isn't Mm. essential to the actual will part of the will, that's fine. Right. So what I would say is. Yes, by all means, I cannot wait for your magnum opus rap battle last will and testament. Mm-hmm. But make the legal document very uncomplicated. Everything to right. or in kind of uncomplicated. Right, right. Well, may- maybe that'll be like, th- there'll be two wills. One will be the yes. weird will and one will be the normal one. And then the rap battle will be about which l- will is going to be real. And it's like, I've got 500 jars. Yes, I do. And then the other guy can do a line that rhymes with that. Yeah. Oh God, I hope it's not that bad. <laughs> if, if, if that's your <laughs> rapping, I would retire... <laughs> the rap battle idea of <laughs> post haste yeah i'll hire somebody <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great idea to be <laughs> like so i'm gonna have to spend most of my money having jay-z perform my my last will and testament rap battle yeah that was the <laughs> so let's a, just take that off the top <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot less left sorry my bad uh, but look, Jay-Z! I had a dream, and the dream came true, but I didn't get to see it come true. Yeah. I'm like Moses reaching the promised land. John, this next question comes from Megan, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I am nearsighted, and I often wear glasses. When I look in a mirror close up without glasses, the background is all blurry, but I'm confused because the mirror is right there. It's very close to me and it must be reflecting the room clearly. So why can't I see everything in the mirror clearly when I am right up against the mirror? I've been wondering this for 10 years. Please help. Not a fox or its trainer, Megan. Ah, I see what you said there. Oh, it took me a second. John, you highlighted the question. Did you want to say anything about it? Yeah, I know why this is. Oh. There's two reasons. Oh. First off, things that are reflected in a mirror at a distance do get blurry. Eventually, because mirrors are not perfect. But that is not the reason in in your particular case, Megan. No. In your particular case, the reason is that even though your eyes are close to the mirror, what your eyes are looking at is far away. (laughs) And I know that's, yeah. I know that's weird, but that's true. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you got to imagine a mirror isn't, it's not like a picture. A mirror is a window into what is behind you I mean, <laughs> or what is in front of it. That's, you're like, you're looking through the mirror at what is bu- in front of the mirror, which is pretty cool now that I'm thinking about it. That was a really beautiful sentence, Hank, when you said that when you look at a mirror, you're really looking at a window of, of what's behind you. That's lovely. I'm going to steal that. Well, it's too bad because I'm—I I have a manuscript right in front of me, literally, that I'm touching right now, and I can get it into mine faster than you can get it into yours. Well, Dior's. it's going in the next episode of the Anthropocene. No, 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 no. No. no i'm sorry There's 91 days till publication that's re- too I'm, soon i'm recording it tomorrow <laughs> and it's and i'm gonna say it not only like i thought it up but i'm gonna say Ugh. it like super seriously anthropocene reviewed style right where i'm like mm-hmm. really if you think about it a window now is no got it. i already messed it up <laughs> really if you think about it a mirror in some ways is just a window into what the mirror is seeing I like it to what's behind you. Really, if you think about it, a mirror is just a window into what's behind you. (laughs) Do you ever think about the fact that we like very publicly and very intentionally have different ways of being? Yeah. And that, people know about that? Yeah. And that it's not weird? I think it is weird for some people. I think for people who really like and follow our work, it's not that weird because they n- know that those multiple sides of us exist and they right. they see the cracks in the various facades, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but it, it is <laughs> yeah. a little weird. And sometimes people will write in to the Anthropocene Reviewed and they'll be like, I thought you were funny. <laughs> Why are you so sad? <laughs> and meanwhile, I, I I think the Anthropocene reviewed is funny. <laughs> so like, that's... Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. That tells you something. That's the disconnection, I guess. But yeah, your journey to the microcosmos voice right. could not be more different yeah. from your dear Hank and John voice. <laughs> it's, it's so fun. Yeah. I just love Narrating Journey to the Microcosmos. It's like a dream. Yeah. If you're not familiar, by the way, with Journey to the Microcosmos, Hank just very calmly narrates (laughs) what's going on while we watch high definition video microscopy of like (laughs) tiny organisms doing their thing. And it is such a good program. Like, I want to watch it on Netflix, I want it to be 30 minutes long. I love everything about it. Yeah, I I also wanted to be on Netflix, and I have no one has yet expressed any interest in in my shouting that that should be a thing. But I don't know, man. Well, I'm sure somebody who works at Netflix is listening to Dear Hank and John right now, and is like, "Huh, we need some uh, single camera." socially distant recorded kind of programming. (laughs) Maybe journey to the microcosmos is the way forward. Yeah, read, read Hastings. The email address is Hankandjohn at gmail.com. We are awaiting your question, which reminds me that this podcast is brought to you by socially distant productions of television programs, something that Hank and John are actually really good at and experienced in. Maybe this will come in handy. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Megan's Mirror. Megan's Mirror, we only sort of answered your question This podcast is also brought to you by my last will and testament i'm gonna give you estimates of. oh how no I- oh god oh no <laughs> panic <laughs> i've had a really bad week but that was the worst part of it <laughs> and of course today's podcast <laughs> is also brought to you by james joyce's dad jokes james joyce's dad jokes but pervy <laughs> We also have a Project for Awesome message from the folks at Harry Potter and the Sacred Text. Oh, Hi, Hank and John. We have news from Hogwarts. After years of complaints, Hogwarts is finally hiring a guidance counselor. They're doing a wide search to find the right fit for the job. So if you have experience with victims of abusive teachers, peeping Tom ghosts, and the occasional child army, please email the headmaster who is taking this search very seriously, at Hogwarts.uk, or send an owl to... To the greenhouse. Harry Potter in the sacred text continues to be one of my very favorite things that has ever <laughs> happened in this universe. It's and so good. I have to say that the co host, Casper Kyle, has a book coming out called The Power of Ritual, which is super relevant right now because mm-hmm. it's about how mm-hmm. do we use the power of ritual to strengthen our. New kinds of communities, our secular communities, whether that's you know your CrossFit community or the online communities that mm-hmm. you're part of, like how can we make these communities stronger? It's a really good book. It has it has deeply changed the way that I think about that stuff, and I really recommend it. Plus, it's a great time for reading. Yeah. Uh, while I'm recommending books, I should say too that my wife Sarah Yurist Green has a book coming out tomorrow as we are uploading this. It's called You Are an Artist. It is also a wonderful book for this moment because it contains lots of creativity prompts and art assignments to get you making stuff and also get you making stuff with people you love, whether that is your children or... Uh, this episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know at uh, about 5 billion billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe everybody you know what i mean all blueland products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about blueland is trusted in over a million homes including yeah mine blueland has a special offer for listeners right now you can get 15 percent off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dear hank you won't want to miss it blueland.com slash dear hank for 15 percent off again blueland.com slash dear hank to get 15 percent off friends and family. So you are an artist. Check it out. John, this next question comes from Abby, who asks, Dear Hank and John, my partner gave me a raised garden bed for the deck of our house for Christmas, and I haven't decided what to plant in it yet. Should I go for herbs? I'm kind of picky and don't actually enjoy the flavor of most herbs. I could go for vegetables like cucumbers and then get really into making bougie pickles. That seems like something I would do. Abby. Abby, you, you actually wrote a longer email than this, but you said in the middle of your email, and I quote, I could go for vegetables like cucumbers and then get really into making bougie pickles. That seems like something I would do. Why are you writing into your favorite advice podcast? First off, Hank, it's Abby's second favorite advice podcast. I think we all know what her first favorite advice (laughs) podcast is. Secondly, (laughs) a lot of times when you have a question... You realize mm-hmm. while asking it, yeah, just through the act of writing it down, what the solution is. It's absolutely true. And the solution for Abby That's right. is making bougie pickles, which is wonderful. Uh-huh. I also make bougie pickles. I highly recommend it. Y- and we've done it, Hank. We've solved yeah. someone's problem which uh, th- there's, God knows I don't do most weeks. Yeah, and we we have access to the internet, which will tell you all about how to make bougie pickles. And like, maybe you'll make a couple bad batches of pickles. Be careful, don't poison yourself. But the best part of making bougie pickles, not that I've ever done this, is that you get to buy something called a firkin. Yeah. And I just, we, if you can have a hobby that means you get to buy something called a firkin and like you would enjoy that hobby, do it. Abby, get a firkin! I don't even know what a firkin is, but I like. I know that pickle firkins are a thing, and I want you to have one. Maybe I should just get you one right now. How don't, much is please a pickle don't, firkin please don't clog up America's supply chain right now with firkin, <laughs> firkin delivery. <laughs> all right. All right. Sure. Turns out I don't even know how to spell firkin. John, do you have a firkin? I don't really know what you're referring to. It's like a an a old bucket. It's like a bucket from but like old for pickles it's a pickle bucket oh yeah i mean no i don't have one yes i do know what you're referring to (laughs) (laughs) okay we call it in the midwest or at least i've always called it a pickle pot oh cute yeah All right, Hank, we have another question. This one's from Audrey, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I'm a librarian and currently we are closed per CDC guidelines. Thankfully, I'm in a great county that is paying us and allowing us to work from home and not laying anybody off. But my boss gave us one direction to follow while we are home. Learn something new Mm. because we won't be able to afford outside presenters for the next year. So what do I learn? So far, I've been learning Spanish. That's good. I've watched the history of women in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And I've taken a seven-hour course on conspiracy theories. (laughs) Mm, Audrey, (laughs) I like two of those things better than the third. I'm not going to tell you which one I don't like as much. Okay. I am assuming that the seven-hour course on conspiracy theories is all about how they form, how to spot them, and how to interface with the reality in which people are believing conspiracy theories, which is, one, something that people should go see a presentation on, and two, is a great public service for a library to provide. Uh, And so, yeah, I think that understanding conspiracy theories and how they function is great. But in addition to that, pickle-making. Seems like people are interested. That's all I'm saying. I would say, Audrey, that so far as I could tell from your email, just like our previous question asker, you're crushing it. (laughs) In three weeks, you've learned a new language and an entire history of the Dungeons & Dragons universe. I can't wait to see what you do in the next three weeks. Yeah, just keep keep your mind open. It seems like it's certainly not closed. I feel like, all I've accomplished in the last four weeks is like a pretty deep clean of all of our toilets. <laughs> I mean, that's not nothing, John. Good on you. <sighs> that and a lot of laundry. That's also great. Yeah, but that's it. Like it is so time consuming. Mm-hmm. I just find this whole experience extremely time consuming. Yeah, there's a, there there does seem to be uh, two two camps. Uh, there are the people who are bored and they're the people who have kids. <laughs> yeah, especially school age kids, I think. Yeah. I saw an article today. I think the headline was how to be an effective homeschool parent while also working full time. And, and I wanted, the body of the article was like, no. Yeah, I wanted to be like, no, obviously <laughs> not. Like, you cannot be all things all the time. You just can't. There isn't nearly enough time in the day. There's just, there's not time. Yeah. So the work of all the people who make schools work. Hopefully, we're going to appreciate that more after this. This next question is from Emily who asks, Dear Hank and John, Since being in lockdown, I've been in a lot of video calls and on two separate occasions with two different friends, I've been told that my room maybe is a little haunted. Sometimes I leave my camera on while I leave the room briefly and apparently when I'm gone, my laptop shakes a lot and stuff in the background moves like my door. Now, I dismissed this, of course, originally, but... Then I got to thinking, what if it is a ghost? That's potentially someone else to hang out with during this period of time. (laughs) I'm desperate for human contact, but I will also accept ghost (laughs) contact if needed. Emily asks, is there any way I could make my room seem more possessed so I can prank my friends? Slash, and not said, but is there any way I could invite a ghost into my life? Because at this point... At least they're not going to make you sick. <gasps> Wait, are we sure? Wait. Oh, I don't know. Tigers can get it. I know. <laughs> what if ghosts can get it? What if ghosts can get it? Oh, my God. Uh, Imagine doing all of the hard work of socially isolating only to have a freaking right? ghost give it to you. Right. We're just like, tr- get. It. we finally get contract tracing online, and we, it doesn't slow down coronavirus, but it does tell us where the ghosts are. Hmm. I think I sense a plot for Ghostbusters 3. <laughs> it's really boring and sad. It's, what, it's where the Ghostbusters movies haven't gone yet. Right. To an Oscar Beatty drama place. Mm-hmm. With like really hard science. Yeah. Right. A lot of statistics. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, a lot of statistical modeling happening. That's the kind of drama that I'm looking for. The guy from Sideways, like, like quivering at his computer and being like, no one will believe me, but the ghosts are transmitting coronavirus. I'm trying to think of which guy from Sideways you could be referring to. <laughs> are you referring to Paul Giamatti? Yeah. I mean. He's always the angry scientist in those movies. I, I feel personally hurt. That you referred to Paul (laughs) Giamatti as the guy from Sideways. What's he most famous for? First off, he's most famous for being Paul frickin' Giamatti, Hank. Like, (laughs) he's somebody you know by name. It's like like the equivalent of saying, Uh, you know, the guy from Hamlet, Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He was in Fred Claus. Sure, he was in—I mean, first off, he made Fred Claus. Like, he is the reason Fred Claus— didn't suck as nearly as much as it could have sucked. <laughs> Secondly, I mean yeah. American Splendor, 12 Years a Slave, Cinderella Man. The guy has been in more Oscar-winning movies, I maybe than anyone alive on earth. Well, I'm gl- I'm glad for him, um but he was he was that guy in San Andreas. He was the scientist in San Andreas and that's what I was thinking about another and- great movie. It, it, I've seen that. I don't know why, but I have seen that movie like four times. It was like on TV during a period when I was stuck in a hotel room or something. <laughs> what was the question before? Ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> ghosts. There's no ghosts. There's Good news, bad news. There are no ghosts. You're alone in your apartment. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, or the thing is, like, we've never video conferenced this much ever. So maybe ghosts are only Visible through video conference, but mm. only when you're not in the room. So maybe we need to turn on our video conference software, just leave it on, and maybe the ghosts will start talking to each other. And they'll finally be like, ah, my centuries of solitude are over. Hank, we've received many tales of the various challenges of being confined to relatively small spaces, as so many of us have been over the last month. Mm-hmm. But This one from Lydia might have been the one that I found the most personally distressing. She wrote, Dear John and Hank, I have four siblings, and I'm by far the youngest. All of my siblings have long-term boyfriends or girlfriends, and due to the quarantine, they are all at my house. Mmm, wow. As a 14-year-old, I am incredibly awkward. So when my sister casually starts passionately kissing her boyfriend, oh, I have no idea oh, in the God. whole world what to do. Oh, God. Lydia, this is not a function of you being 14 or incredibly awkward. No, this is your fault. No. Yep. Nope. John, could you imagine passionately kissing someone in front of me? <laughs> and and I, I mean, I can't imagine passionately kissing anyone in front of anyone. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is such a rare and uncomfortable scenario that I remember the one time it happened to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was my cousin. I won't say her name, but you know who you are. And <laughs> she had a boyfriend, and I was, like, playing video games, and she was just, like, on the couch making out with him. And I was like, but the video game machine is in here. And <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can do that anywhere. Yeah, You totally. don't even need an outlet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This just requires the two of you. Yeah. Any physical space in this house is available to you, and I have just the one place to play the video game. Yeah. Lydia, Lydia, I think you've got to say to your older sibling, y'all can't make out in front of me. Or, or, here's my thought, Lydia, you have to search to see if there is a false panel in front of an old fireplace... That you can remove and then crawl into and replace so that you can have some space that is your own where there is 0% chance of anything besides maybe bats kissing. Lydia, it is hard to be much younger than the people you have to scold and correct. Uh-huh. But in this situation, it's y- time. I-, I think you have to be like, um, I'm here. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Lydia. Please cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you need to you need to get you need to contact a lawyer. Drop some <laughs> no, papers no. for you. <laughs> no. Very simple, very simple legal language of a cease and desist order. Yeah, and then make it into a rap battle. <laughs> yeah, Lydia, have you thought about writing? A rap battle to be performed by two versions of you, neither of which approve of what is going on. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) One of them is polite and one of whom is not. Hank, before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, I want to read this comment that came uh, from Davis, who wrote, Dear John and Hank, while listening to episode 232 of your podcast, I was struck by John's ability to cry and continue talking while crying. He mentioned that he would start crying and then kept telling his story. I find that if I need to cry, words cannot physically form in my mouth, Mm -hmm. and I end up just blowing snot bubbles and and sobbing. Yeah, crying and conversing, Davis. I am the same way, and when you do this, I am also confused. And yes, I cannot do it. Well, I take I take a little pause, and part of that pause may have been cut out of the pod Mm -hmm. by tuna, Mm -hmm. and then I wait until the point of the sob where I would be exhaling anyway, and then I talk. Mm. But if I'm really going. So I cry a lot. I cry often, but I don't cry heavily, Hmm. usually, when I cry. Mm -hmm. When I'm really going, I also can't talk. But I think it might be a benefit of being a frequent crier is that you just kind of have to learn how to do it. Yeah. Um, And I'm not really. And I've definitely been in situations where I need to public speak and suddenly I'm crying and cannot. Uh, So maybe I should, maybe I just need some more practice. I'd rather not, though, if if it's all the same. Yeah. I don't mind crying. I kind of like crying, but I I don't like crying in public. Yes, definitely agree. Well, Hank, let's talk about the news from AFC Wimbledon. The season is on hold. Uh, It might get canceled. (laughs) Yeah. If it gets canceled, Mm -hmm. I guess Wimbledon stay in League One. If it gets like frozen, which seems very difficult, but possible where they just announced that the season ended the day of the last set of games, then I think Wimbledon would also stay in League One, although it would be a bit hard on one of the teams that got relegated because they've played fewer games Mm -hmm. and not a bit hard. I mean, from their perspective. Yeah, really unfair. Really deeply unfair. And then there's the possibility that maybe the season will somehow be finished, like, when there usually isn't a season in July and August or something, question mark, we don't really know, question mark, question mark. Mm-hmm. And that's where it is. It's hard to know, and I realize this is not only a problem with third-tier English soccer, what's going <laughs> to happen in the future. <laughs> uh-huh. And the there's obviously always uncertainty when it comes to predicting the future. In fact, much more than any of us realized, I think, six months ago yep, or three months ago. But that level of uncertainty right now is sort of paralyzing. And one of the places where that is being experienced is in third tier English football. Another of the places where it's being experienced is inside of my house right now. <laughs> well, it's good to know that there is at least a plan and that it is not terrible for AFC Wimbledon, Right. I don't know that there is a plan. Okay, but most of the proposals, it seems, would not. I mean, uh, it's it's going to be hard. Uh, I think the the CEO of the club said the club will survive financially, Mm -hmm. which I guess is good. Yeah, but uh, it it's a mess. But also, it's a mess everywhere, and I understand that. I'm sure it's also a mess when it comes to getting perseverance to Mars. Well, the news from Mars John, uh there's always Mars research going on even if there isn't active launches to Mars though that that is still hopefully happening on schedule. No no updates there. Uh some scientists were looking at Martian meteorites. So there like what happens is Big impacts hit Mars or possibly hit Mars a long, long time ago. And then those rocks get thrown into the air and eventually some of them fall to Earth. And we are able to determine which of those rocks are from Mars. And one of the weird things is that we we found different amounts of, of heavy and light hydrogen in these rocks um, or that like they were formed in circumstances that had different amounts of heavy and light hydrogen. And that would indicate like these are maybe from totally different planets so maybe these aren't from Mars but the the but it otherwise seems like they definitely are both from Mars so one thing that they are thinking maybe something that happened is that a long long time ago there were two planets and they both became Mars but because this happened relatively late in the formation of the solar system um those two Planets did not fully mix when they came together, so Mars may be made of two, like pretty distinct types of of like planetary uh, formation rock. And that, that they are sort of, like, not super well mixed together in Mars. This is very weird. It's very interesting. It's very preliminary. That seems very weird, I have to say. Yeah. That seems yeah. like a complicated explanation. And when we find out the truth, we'll be like, oh, yeah, no, that made sense. I don't know. I don't know. So, wait, how do we know that these rocks that are on Earth come from Mars? That in and of itself feels like a big I know. Isn't that cool? A big question. Yeah, no, no. We are definitely sure of that. Um, the, Wait, the ha- reasons why we're we sure, sure, of it. sure, yeah, we are sure, sure. Um, and and I cannot explain to you why we are sure, sure. But like the people who study this stuff are a hundred percent sure. It's not a like that these these rocks come from Mars. Like humans can hold rocks that traveled from Mars to yeah. Earth and made it through our atmosphere and landed yep. like yep. in a field on Earth. Yep. Recently? Uh, they didn't land recently, oh, Okay, but we have them. Yeah. Wow. They've mostly been found in Antarctica. Antarctica turns out to be a really great place to find uh, meteorites because if there is a rock on the surface of a glacier, um, there's only one way it got there. And, th- and they also are able to sort of like stay at the top for a while because they have higher or like uh, they're, they're darker. So they're warmer. So snow melts when it hits them. Also, they're easier to see. And they're very easy to spot, yes. Hmm. So a lot of these, these meteorites come from Antarctica, which I can't not say Antarctica, even though I know no one says Antarctica. It's so An- hard, though, Antarctica. if I say Antarctica, I always feel like I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. But if I say Antarctica, I always feel like I'm doing it over right. Yeah. Just like yeah. I aspire to be the duck that does duck stuff. I want to be able to say Antarctica Without, But I can't. I can't. Even now, even that time. (laughs) Anyway, it seems like maybe when Mars itself was formed, it did not fully melt those two different types of rock together, which is why we can actually distinguish those two types of rock today. So the researchers are continuing to study how the melting or not melting might have gone, which will tell us more about how Mars was formed, but also more about how rocky planets are formed in general. This could be a really amazing opportunity if Mars sort of like flash froze halfway through the process of becoming a planet that could tell us a lot about early solar system development. Anyway, John, thank you for potting with me. Thank you. If you want to send us questions, the email address is hankandjohn at gmail.com. We love uh, them. They're the only reason we can make the podcast. So thank you very much for doing that. We're off to, after this, record our patron-only podcast. It's called This Week in Great Stuff, where we talk about great stuff. And I'm excited about it. And uh, you can join up with that at patreon.com slash john, which helps our production company complexly make educational materials. John, this podcast is edited by Joseph Tuna Medish. It's produced by Rosianna Hals-Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. Our editorial assistant is Deboki Chakravarti. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget fix. to Be, be awesome. awesome.